Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Homer and Apple Sources Minor League Podcast. I am Steve Saipo, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. How's everyone doing this week? Doing all right. Good. All weather is upon us, and it didn't rain this weekend, which is a a fucking miracle, apparently. I think it rained early on. It rained rained less than usual. Yes, that's, yeah. I think it's been something like eight weekends in a row or something, seven weekends in a row, which is not optimal. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. All right, so promote, extend, trade. Apparently today is National Eat a Pretzel Day. Whoever oh, shit, told. I missed it. Yeah. Well, there's still a couple of hours to go. So basically, promote, extend, trade. These... Um, Socially acceptable ways to eat a pretzel because, I don't know, maybe in like Arkansas, they put like mayo on pretzels or something. And that's not what we do. That's not that's not how you're supposed to eat pretzels. So first up, we have plain. Nothing on the pretzel, just plain pretzel. When we're talking pretzels, just for clarification here, do we mean like the ballpark soft pretzels or are we talking like hard pretzels out of a bag? Uh, either or. Okay. Because I I think all of these things are applicable to hard pretzels and soft pretzels. Okay, all right. So first we have just plain. Then we have with mustard. And lastly we have with cheese. Melted cheese whiz 
with or without some kind of peppers in it, you know, sometimes spicy, sometimes not, but. All right, I'm lactose intolerant and also just don't like cheese whiz generally, so I'm trading cheese. Oh, okay. Mustard on pretzel, goaded. I really only ever have mustard if I ever have a pretzel. Yeah, I'm going with the mustard. Next time, mustard. This is like the least contentious promoting yeah, no. trade we've ever had. <laughs> wow. Maybe it's because there's a correct way to eat a pretzel. Yeah, I feel like mustard. that's just... I've heard of cheese before. I feel like that's a movie theater thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Like, I could imagine it being good... Maybe maybe I'm just a food snob, you know. Like maybe it's good if you have good cheese, but with like just garbage manufactured cheese yeah. whip, n- no thank you. Well, that's the point. It's supposed to be garbage manufactured cheese. Yeah, whiz. but it doesn't taste good, and it's gonna make my stomach hurt. So <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I also don't like cheeses like that kind of. Like I don't really like American cheese. The, so. the only American cheese is only good for its chemical properties. The taste is bad. Like I I, 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 the the type of cheese I like, I'm not putting on like a pretzel, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't dislike like I like nacho. Like when you go to the movies and you get nachos and you get that cheese, like that cheese is pretty good. Like I could see that being good on a pretzel, but also I don't eat pretzels a ton. I'm not a big pretzel guy. So now here's here's one that maybe is an addendum that might be a little more contentious: soft pretzels or hard pretzels? Oh, soft pretzels. It depends. It's a situational like, thing. Yeah, like if I if I want to like enjoy my pretzel, uh, I'm gonna get a soft pretzel. But if I'm just like snacking during work, I love a good hard like a bag of hard pretzels just as a snack at your desk. Great. Yeah, can't disagree. I think uh, soft pretzels have the the higher ceiling, but hard pretzels have a pretty high floor. So what's the OFP on these pretzels? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <clears throat> All right. Well, that was a very non-contentious promote trade. No, no. So we need someone to chime in and tell us what a Chicago-style pretzel is because it's oh. just going to be something fucking wild and awful. It's not even a pretzel. It's like a St. Louis-style where it's all cut up. <laughs> oh, God. I will say I do enjoy Chicago-style hot dogs. They're pretty good. Yeah, I mean you're just putting all kinds that. of yeah you're just putting all kinds of good things on a yeah. on a hot dog. It's I mean some I, New Yorkers get very upset about right. You know. I mean I was I I'm against it just in principle. I'm an orthodox uh, I'm an ultra orthodox hot dogger. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm against it just in principle, but I can understand the appeal and none of the ingredients on that concoction would taste bad. It's just not a hot dog. It's just some sort of other vessel. What, what I'm hearing is that Steve does not want to vaccinate his hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. Um, we'll move on now to the AFL. Uh, the AFL season has continued for another week. Week three just ended, and it was actually a pretty crazy week for the Glendale uh, Desert Dogs. They came into the week with a 2-10 and 10 record, which is not great. And they somehow, after looking completely listless for two weeks, they went undefeated for the entire week. They won six in a row. 
And so they're still under 500, but they're 8 and 10. They're pretty close. Um, some Mets players had solid weeks. And, you know, good performance doesn't mean that certain players are suddenly now good. Um, and then bad performance doesn't suddenly mean now that certain players are nobodies now. But, you know, it's it's like we always say regarding minor league uh, production. It's always better to see good numbers and good performance over bad numbers and bad performances. Um, JT Schwartz is leading the team in OPS, and he's 12th in the league as a whole. Uh, <laughs> who saw that one coming? That, I mean, this this feels like an environment where JT Schwartz would do very well because you've got a guy with <clears throat> good like good hitting ability but limited power, so you put him in the AFL where the infield's super hard and the ball flies. And, oh, look, mm-hmm. he's very good. Uh, right-handers Trey McLaughlin and Nolan Clenny, they both are still unscored upon in six and five appearances, respectively. Um, there really were no marquee names on the pitching side this year. Like last year, the pitching side was stacked. This year, not so much. But, you know, it's nice to see that these guys are uh, having success. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Parada, still not doing good um a lot of strikeouts he hit his second home run which is nice but what's the strikeout to walk ratio now i've not checked oh um it is three walks to 15 strikeouts in 11 games 15 strikeouts in 11 games is a lot (laughs) yeah especially in the afl like that's that's bad He's currently hitting 214, 267, 429. Not what we signed on for here. Um, but again, it's it's literally 11 games that's coming after, you know, a uh, full season. He had some injury issues that he dealt with over the course of the season. So the numbers here don't really mean much. It's especially weird because he's got a homer off Jackson Job, who's like one of the few good pitchers in the league, and then is doing fuck all against the other <laughs> cavalcade of your typical AFL arms, which are not good. Yeah, I mean, it's we 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 talk about like the lower levels of minors are kind of um, competitively unbalanced because you'll have an assortment of like. 18 and 19 year olds that are new to professional ball and you'll have, you know, international um, rookies that are getting the first taste of stateside professional baseball. And you'll have your random, you know, uh, low key college players and your senior guys and everything just all mushed into this one grouping and the AFL, you know, it's kind of similar. And also like, it's more of a mic, even though the AFL kind of, I don't know anyone who really like cares, cares. Like, obviously, people pay attention to it, but you know what I mean. But like, these are the only minor leaguers playing right now. So if you, if he went, if Prada went in the slump in an 11 game stretch in June, we're like, oh, he's struggling. But because he's one of the only Mets prospects that is a bigger name playing right now, you're like, oh, he's, everyone's really looking at it you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's kind of magnified even though the league isn't exactly if it if he comes out and starts next year and is really good i'm not gonna be like oh well the afl struggles did that but it's just on a microscope right now because there's nothing else to talk about there's no other play except the playoffs you know 
Mm-hmm. Pressing to watch the Phillies or uh, Astros. So we got we got to root for the Phillies or the Cheaters. Oh, yeah. So yeah. like, come on. If man. you want to if you want to talk about the Mets, you're talking about Kevin Prada going three for uh, striking out fifteen to three walks in the AFL right now. Like that's those are your options. <laughs> I also got to say, Steve, I think I'd rather see Bryce Harper get a ring than the Astros. This Phillies team is fun. It has good vibes. It's a horrible thing to say, but wow. I love Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's really good. I think I said last week that I was going to fire one of you. Like I think I'm going to fire both of you now. Bryce, Bryce Harper. <laughs> Bryce Harper is really good. I love the way he plays. He's a joy to watch. The dude gives a shit in all the right ways, and I think it's generally good for the sport when generational players win rings. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm just rooting for the Astros because I like their uniforms. I'm a simple man. I see orange uniform. It looks clean. All right. It's a good uniform, but they're all cheaters. Plus, I like Jose Altuve. He's we got yeah, a, an Omega cheater. We got to normalize short people in baseball. It, it's you know it'll help Jet Williams. You know it's we're playing long term here. I'm rooting for the asteroid. Nice. Not the asteroids. The asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for sweet, sweet death. <laughs> aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> Your number one Mets stylist podcast. Sun gets bigger. Yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> that meme is now outdated because of the Ghost Runner. We will never reach the bottom of the 37th. In the playoffs, you can. Oh, right. Oh, that's true. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> all right. Um... 
so a couple of weeks ago, we did the From Complex to Queens Hitter and Pitcher of the Year Award. Uh, last week, we voted on our, on our uh, Team of the Year Award. So we're going to continue the end of season awards or whatever you want to call it. And now we're just going to look at individual positions. Um, catcher sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, it's infield, but not really. So they're going to get their own category. So this week we're going to be looking at and discussing our catchers of the year. Uh, obviously, things would be a lot easier. Francisco Alvarez still had rookie eligibility, but he, he flew the minor league nest. He's a bona fide major leaguer now. So uh, that's a massive, um, massive shoes to fill there. 24 guys in total, other than Alvarez. They logged at least one inning at catcher. I do not believe that there are 24 real catchers in, in the Mets minor league system. They, well, these are AI-generated players. I didn't say they're real. I just said that 24 guys logged innings at catcher. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just stand there, close your eyes, stick your hands out, hope for the best. Um, but yeah, 24 guys logged at least one inning in catcher. Um so we'll discuss – well, we won't actually discuss all of those 24 guys. But, you know, of that pool of 24 guys, who is your, from Complex to Queens, uh, catcher of the year? Talk about the meteor. Uh, or the effort, uh, rather. It's just such a not great position organizationally right now. Really? Out. We really just can't take the one month of uh, Alvarez. We I, got a AAA or whatever. I'm, gonna, well, I'm <laughs> picking Ronald Hernandez. So it was, I mean, it was like four games. I think it's Ronald Hernandez, right? Like he only played 15 games, but or 14. Yeah. But he hit 286, 509, 486, and looked very much worth the David Robertson trade. Like, when they traded for him, he was, like, a borderline top 10 prospect. Obviously, that changed because they also traded for an entire top 10. But, like, that was a really good throw-in. I don't even want to say it was throw-in. That feels kind of insulting to him because he's a real prospect on his own. But it was a really good secondary piece to Robertson, and he was really good as a Met. And the FCL Mets went on a playoff, like, went to the playoffs. And, obviously, if you hit that well... He had a 9.95 OPS in the organization. Like he helped, so that'll that'll play. Because a lot of the other guys are like defensive guys that are like really good defenders but can't hit. <laughs> so it's a lot of a similar player, and he's kind of an outlier because he's he's a he showed offensive promise. All right, so let's address the the gorilla in the room here, I guess. Kevin Parada. It's he was okay. Right. I just his catching his the issues he had behind the plate <laughs> for me are so large that it's hard for me to be like you're the catcher of the year if you struggled mm-hmm. to. He still he still uh, is a catcher technically. I mean, all right, I'm just I'm, like Ryan Domit was an outfielder technically. I'm uh, Ryan Domit was a fielder the, technically. Correct. <laughs> Pulling up the 2022 Major League Draft. So the Mets got Kevin Parada at 11. That was widely seen as a steal. Here are the players who went after him. Jace Jung. Zach Neto, who they probably wouldn't have drafted, but maybe should have, just because of like the value prop with Neto is that he's a fast-moving major league shortstop. I mean, he's already a solid major league player. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
you already have Lindor. I, I don't know, maybe, but I, I could understand why they wouldn't do that. But mm, uh, they took Jed at 14. Good job. Dylan Lesko, who might be a top 50 prospect at 16 or 15. Chase Slaughter. Now, maybe you don't take Lesko because the Mets can't rehab a Tommy John for shit. Um, Chase Slaughter at 16 might be a top 30 prospect now. Mm. Justin Crawford sucks. Cam Collier isn't good. Daniel Susak is probably better than Parada, but still isn't actually good. Owen Murphy. I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> am, I, am I misremembering how good Daniel Susak was this year? All right, forget, scratch that. But whatever. Um, Owen Murphy, Cole Young, Cooper Jerpy, Brandon Barriera, uh, Spencer Jones at twenty-five, No Schultz at twenty-six. Drew Gilbert, who they wound up with anyway, at 28. Xavier Isaac at 29. <laughs> like, look, in the moment, I think we were all pretty high on uh, uh, Kevin Parada, right? It seemed like a steal, given consensus rankings. Um, I really liked Chase DeLauder, and I still was thought the Parada pick was probably the rational pick, like, even if my heart wanted wanted DeLauder because it's a higher upside swing. But whatever. You, you, you're, the team needs to know more, right? Uh, on some, on, on the one hand, you don't want to judge them too harshly because they kind of picked at consensus, and on the other, like, you're the professional organization with all the resources. You should do better than consensus. Um, and the other thing is that there's usually a reason when these guys drop, right? Like Parada was widely assumed to be a top five guy. He's available at eleven. Usually that kind of fall happens for some sort of reason. I don't know. Yeah. Looking and back on that a little less favorably at this point. We we're also being like I think we're being hard on Parada, but I think it's yeah. because I think we're being hard on him because I think the expectations were higher than mm-hmm. we than what was get. like he wasn't he wasn't I wouldn't call him good in Brooklyn, but he yeah, he was above average for the league. Um he the catching is an issue, but now that Stearns is in and he's going to have new people in, like the the Brewers have fixed many a catcher's problems in the past. Omar Narvaez, so, exactly. And I think William Contreras question mark was pretty good defensively mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. and that was a Brewers thing. And so maybe the Brewers get him on track behind the plate, and then it's a whole other conversation. But I think the reason why we're so harsh on him because you look at like he had a 115 WRC plus in Brooklyn, and that's not great, but it's not. Obviously, it's not Alex Ramirez where he was well below average because Alex Ramirez really struggled this year just to, like, mm-hmm. pick out another guy who was in the same level. But I think all of us expected Parada to be, like, in double A right now, like, killing it and ready I mean, to be. Parada led college year. baseball in homers last year. That's right, like, not a – and college baseball guys should be able to move up. Like, I know it's the Angels, but Neto and the first baseman. Uh, Nolan Shanuel. Yeah, like – those weren't great picks and they fast tracked them, but those guys held their own in the majors already as advanced college hitters. And that's not, I don't want to say we expected Prada to be up already, but I think we expected a little more. I think that's why we're so hard on him as a group, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that we all consensus kind of figured that he would handle Brooklyn, no problem in the first half and have a solid, uh, Binghamton resume in the second half, regardless of how he did or not, but he would have like the game, the innings under his belt. Whereas ultimately, you know, because of injury and not uh, progressing as quickly as we thought, um, he only had, what is it, like 14 games 
with Binghamton. And I mean, those 14 games were not good. And no, like, they were not good. He hit 185, 250, 389, and had a 38% strikeout ratio. Like, it's the similar problems that he's finding in the AFL right now. And that's, that sure sounds, sure sounds pretty similar. You know, and that's not good. And that could be him gassing. That could be a lot of things. He has a weird setup, and maybe it just doesn't work at the, at the professional level like it did in college. And that was something that probably had him fall because other teams are probably like, well, we don't want to fuck with all that because we're going to have to change this whole thing. And why would we want to do that at five? You know what I mean? Like you could do that at in round 10 because it's less pressure for the pick to work. And I so I think hit the nail on the head there, honestly, I think that the I think that the pick was defensible in the time. And I don't I don't hindsight tells me that the pick wasn't great, but also you could say that about picks all over drafts in every sport ever a guy's a good prospect you draft him where he gets drafted and it's on now the organization to develop him and the Mets have not done that so far but also his career is very far from over like if he comes out next year and is good I would not be surprised Mm -hmm. but this is what the information we're working with now and it was up and down this year and that's also another good point about information um the AFL isn't as much as like the instructional league where they just say like, Hey, let's, let's play around with something. Let's focus on something new. Let's do something different. But that does happen. And, you know, I have not watched any AFL games, but they could have told Parada, screw everything. Just swing with a giant ass uppercut. You know what I mean? He could be working on things. And when you work on things, you know, understandably, um, you don't always necessarily have the best results out of the box. Yeah. I mean, I think... It's just, go, go ahead, Lucas. No, go ahead. I mean, I, I really... I, I think there's a real... To, to Thomas's point, all of this is hindsight, and it's real easy to sound like a, an asshole when you're evaluating something like criticizing a decision that you at the time thought would have also meant or thought was defensible. And then now you're saying, wow, the team are idiots for doing that. Um, on the other hand, right. That the value, the value proposition of a prospect like Parada is that, okay, this is a polished college bat. And even though he's a catcher, you expect that to move quickly. Maybe we should have had more pause about the setup derailing that idea. I'm also the guy who says I don't really care what hitters look like constantly. Um, I mean, look but, at Zach Neto. He has the the weirdest leg kick in the world. And yeah. And in the major leagues. So, like, I don't think that's disqualifying with mm-hmm. him. It's just a possible thing that's messing him up. Like, it's – they had to rework Pete Alonso's swing. If you look back at prospect early prospect Pete Alonso, it looked awful. And yep. now he's, like, one of the best hitters in baseball. So, so you're saying there's a chance. At the same time, by the, I mean, I just said I liked DeLauder. And again, I'm not trying to say I would have taken DeLauder. I'm not claiming that I had this idea at the time. DeLauder's got a weird swing in his own right. Now, it's weird in a different way. And I wonder if there's something to be said about weird body setup or weird legs like DeLauder and Neto and weird hand setup like Parada. Maybe those are different buckets of weird that uh, – uh, lead to different problems right like the lauder and netto maybe don't look normal but if their timing is good they'll get everything there parada on the other hand has to like deal with his hands being 
wherever the fuck his hands are, and that's that's just mechanistically a lot harder. I don't know, but that makes sense, like for velocity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your setup and pre-swing stuff is, as long as your bat head is through the zone when it's supposed to be. But when that stuff isn't impacting, you know, your actual ability to put wood on ball and everything like that, then yes, then it becomes a concern, definitely. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm upset with the Parada pick, even if it hasn't gone the way we thought it was so far. I think it's more like, damn, the organization hasn't put him, hasn't progressed him the way that it, it should have so far. And he's also a 22-year-old. So... If if he's good in three years instead of one year out of college, then who really cares? Like, it, it won't really matter. Francisco Alvarez is here. He looks good. <laughs> he he was like a league average hitter at 21, catching and looked good behind the plate. So you could afford to be more patient with Parada now. You could trade him if you want to. And I'm sure other teams will be interested in a guy of his pedigree because some teams do that, like care about that stuff. Get the Royals on the phone. It's true. Like you never know. But the Royals don't have anything to trade for. It's the I mean, problem. you could trade them for like, um, like Brady Singer and call it a day. And there's a there's a pitcher you could fix. You know. I actually hate that idea, frankly. Like, you could do some stuff with him. There's things you could do that you could even try to fix the swing. But I think it's hindsight. I, I still defend the pick, and I still like the pick at the time. But also, here we are. So. <laughs> right. I mean. Uh, ten, 10 more hits, um, you know, five fewer strikeouts and another homer or two. And you know what I mean? This is a different conversation. Maybe and not also, that number. If I remember exactly. correctly, he had splits where he was like really slow starting and then got good in Brooklyn and he had some injury stuff. So, right, so his, his first month was pretty, I'm not going to say disastrously bad, but he hit 213, 338, 328, which is a 666 OPS. So that should have been some <laughs> foresight. <laughs> but then in, in May, he did a lot better. He had an 804 OPS. In June, he had a 894 OPS. Yeah. In July, you know, um, that's when his injury and stuff happened, a, a 780 OPS. Like, he turned it on. And that's what I mean. Like, there's context to the season also. Like, he wasn't bad the whole time. He wasn't, like hovering around league average for eight months or whatever it is, because that would be much worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there was signs of settle, st- steady improvement. But And we haven't even talked about the catching, which has been not good. <laughs> well, this is a uh, catcher of the year um, segment, so let's not talk about the catching defense. <laughs> I mean, it's getting back to that point, though, right? Like, it does not seem particularly close to me between Ronald Hernandez, a relatively unheralded IFA who they acquired as the second piece in a deadline reliever trade, and the guy they picked uh, number 11 overall. Like, it's not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. There's just, Prada hasn't, there hasn't been a, that level of growth. And of course, it's like one professional season, and it is what it is, and there's ways that he could overcome all this and then be fine like Uh uh it's not damning it's just interesting it's just something to point out about him exactly we're just picking nits basically 
Uh, any votes for any other catchers? Any they have votes? a few guys I feel like will be in the majors as like a backup for a few weeks type guy. Like a Hayden Singer type or something. Yeah, you're Hayden like Singer. You're Nick Myers. It's uh, I mean that's the that's the level of player we're talking about. I like Nick Mayer a little bit. I thought Vincent Perozo would be Perozo. I'm I can't remember his name, which is my right. I thought he'd be he was a little interesting preseason, and he uh, yeah didn't wasn't so. Yeah. I thought so too, but not great. And he votes for Gary Sanchez, who had five home runs in eight games. That's uh, we found the true answer. It's Gary Sanchez. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good ratio. Padres legends. The only other guy I'm throwing into the mix here is Julio Zayas, who I like. Um, he was. This is his first season. He played in the DSL, so you know we might have yeah. a Vicente Lupo situation going on here. But who cares? He hit 307, 368, 517, uh, 14 doubles, which is the second most of all catcher besides Parada. Seven home runs, which I think is the same thing. Let's see. Um, no, a couple of guys hit a few more home runs, but still, you know. Good, there's good, um, you know, the StatCast data for him. You know, he averaged 90 mile per hour exit velo. A lot of 100-plus exit velos. Defense might be an issue, but, you know, he's literally a 17-year-old playing. I feel like you could say that about every 17-year-old. Exactly. He's a <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's a playing. catcher in the DSL with questionable defensive profiles? Stop the fucking presses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just don't. It's such a hard position that it takes time. Um, who else? Certainly more interesting than uh, uh, Davison Gutierrez, who did not do much after being a very highly heralded uh, IFA guy. Yeah, um, his eye was decent, uh, but his his swing mechanics, I think, are, are horrible. He's always on his like back foot, and not what you want to see. But he is a 17 year old, so literally, yeah, everything can be re- reworked because. <laughs> He's he was literally seventeen year old. And honestly everything will be reworked with someone mm-hmm. young unless you're like generationally good. Maybe he will be, who knows? I also don't I think you can go a lot of ways with what you think about the necessity of catching prospects. Personally, like this is not the most important issue to me. I think generally catching is such a crapshoot that if you just have solid defense back there um, and you and you have a strong enough team elsewhere, like you'll be fine. And then I also have Francisco Alvarez, which which helps a lot. So yeah. of the many issues with the Mets that need to be fixed, the the lack of catching prospect depth is is not one that particularly worries me. That yeah. they haven't changed Kevin Parada's swing worries me, but you know, hopefully that can be uh, adjusted uh, or addressed more generally than something in a catching specific manner. Yeah, also, that's a different conversation. I think mm-hmm. that's more of like a organizational wide thing. Right. I mean, if we want to criticize anything about Kevin Parada and the associated process, it's why is his swing look exactly the same as it did at Georgia twelve months or 
15 months into his Mets career. Like, yeah, this was yeah. something that very obviously needed to be changed. And here we are. Well, hopefully uh, new player development personnel can figure that one out. Fingers crossed. And if not, then they should hire us as the Mets player development person. Oh, God, no. Please. <laughs> we know, I think we know what they, we want them to do. I have no idea how to coach. <laughs> yeah, just just hit the ball in the air. It's easy. How yeah, do I do yeah. that? I don't know. You're just the one with the bat. Just do it. <laughs> You're the athlete. I'm just no. the developing guy. Yeah. Don't ask yeah. me. <laughs> You like know the, the, the the Simpsons thing, uh, dig up, stupid, swing up, stupid. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the anecdote about Stan Musial being a terrible hitting coach. It's like, just do this. It's so easy. Like, yes, thank you, Stan. It was very really? easy for wow. you. <laughs> just, just, wow, you swung the bat and good things happened. Incredible. Great advice. I'll try to do that. Just be better. <laughs> My God, why didn't I think of it? <laughs> All right, so then Ronald Hernandez is the consensus 2023 from Complex the Queens catcher of the year. There is much rejoicing. Yes. Congratulations, Ronald. We'll uh, send the check in the mail. We'll watch his career with great interest. Yes, we will. Um, Also, for all our bitching and moaning... Like Ronald Hernandez is actually a pretty interesting prospect. Like, yeah, he actually is. Like I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have nominated him if it if I didn't actually think he was interesting. To be quite honest, like I think there's something there. So that's fun. All right. Any uh, last words on the state of the Mets catching? We should there are not should, a t- go ahead. You should um transition more players who are decent hitters into catchers to see if they could catch organizationally wide. Interesting. What do you, well, you, you got to expand on that a little bit. What are you saying here? Like just take anyone who can hit and see if like, they can catch? Not anyone, not anyone, but let's say that there's like an okay first, like third baseman prospect. Who's like an okay hitter? Like he's not gonna get to like you don't think he's gonna get to that next level of being like a starting caliber third baseman or even like a backup. See if they could catch. Go full J Jabs mode on these guys because Hell yeah. because if the guy could play defense, if if he knows how to catch and just has it in him, like or you could coach him up that way, then you don't need to be a strong hitter to be a defensive to to be a catcher in the major leagues. Like look how bad catching is league wide. All these none of them could hit. There's like four good hitting catchers in the league. That's probably an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's so bad that why aren't you trying to put more guys who just have a little bit of bat? Like, why isn't JT Schwartz catching? Who cares, yep. bro? He's not going to be a first baseman in the majors. Like, it's, it's just he doesn't have big. enough home runs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's going to be so hard for him to make it that way that you might as well try a different way. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the best candidate. Jacob Reimer? He would, if he could, <laughs> he'd be like a ridiculous, if he could even catch decently, he would be a crazy prospect. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like this idea, actually. I thought you were nuts, and thinking about it, hmm. It's a well, little nuts, because you're asking people who've never done a very difficult thing to just go back there and try it, but. It's easy. Tell them, Wash. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's definitely very hard. Like, you're not asking a guy to play first, like, to use that example, you're not asking a guy to play first base who's never played first base before. Like, asking oh. a guy to ch- do something completely different is crazy, but also, 
the perfect candidate, I think, Nick LaRusso. He could pitch, make him catch. He could do it all. Both sides of the battery, like Bugs Bunny. How's this changeup? I'm sure it's a perfect pachydermis, powerful <laughs> percussion pitch. I'm really trying to think of other interesting guys they could do this with. I don't think Carlos Cortez has the athleticism, and I'm tired of talking about Carlos Cortez. <laughs> would um, he catch left-handed or right-handed? Both. Both. <laughs> it depends on the other the handedness of the batter. He has two. He's a another catching catcher's mitt behind his back. Uh, so I feel like you want an infielder. Yes. Yeah, you want someone with like a strong arm, so. And usually you'll, you'll you figure your third baseman are a little more um, athletically challenged than your middle infielders. I mean, the obvious guy to do this with, and I can't claim credit for this idea. I'm pretty sure Jared Seidler has said this multiple times on on for all you kids out there. Why the fuck doesn't Luis Guillorme put on some catching equipment in the offseason? Are you telling me that Luis Guillorme would not be a good catcher? He would be a good defensive hands? catcher, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he has. An I think he's the emergency. emergency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Luis Guillorme was a backup catcher, like if he was a good enough, if you were comfortable enough with him at catcher to be make him your backup catcher and backup middle infielder, he'd have a job forever. Those players, Lucas, are like my white whale. Like someone who could be a backup catcher and also Austin Barnes, like a good version though. Like you, you know, but like I, I just think it's so cool, <laughs> like for your backup catcher to also be able to be backup. Insert position here. How like, mad were back- you when the Blue Jays just stopped catching Dalton Varsho? That's what I'm saying. Like that was so wild to me, and also it's also because he's like an excellent outfielder, so mm-hmm. I understand why they did that, but. Also, part of the reason why he was so valuable when he was in Arizona was because he was also catching. Also, yeah. had a bunch of wall scraping home runs. But yes, yes generally, yes, the yes, catching helps. Yes. You know what I mean. Helps. But, like, his offense at catcher is way more palatable, which is, I think, the point I'm trying to make. Like, his offense, if you're just putting him in left field, when you stack it up to other left fielders, you're like, eh. But when you stack it up to other catchers, you're like, ah, I right, see. Right. Like, this is much more interesting and much better overall. So... I mean, he has a negative defensive value anyway, but can he be much worse as a catcher, Mark Vientos? I was thinking the same thing, and I'm pretty sure he'd be like Ryan Doom at level back there. <laughs> his, hands are, his hands are literally made of iron. Yeah, you he's, need a guy with good hands. He's six foot whatever. He's way too big. Yeah, he's There's uh, no way. tall and slim. You need a guy with good hands. Like, Why this is not— Mauricio was shorter. Could you imagine? Catcher Mauricio would be— a crazy prospect. Oh, too. I think he was a good prospect, and we all know how I feel about Ronnie Mauricio. <laughs> yeah, it would be uh, it would be an interesting thought experiment. J- Jacob Reimer is actually the name that's really sticking in my head here, and I think he's good enough that you don't need to do this, at least not yet. But that'd be very cool. Also, I think the DH kind of eliminates some of this because those positionless just hitter guys, you could just DH. yeah. yeah. Like, but like, what if the? <laughs> I just thought of what if the Astros were like, "Hey, Jordan, go put on some catching equipment." Oh my god! No, <laughs> Martin Maldonado is going to be catching for the for the Astros <laughs> until the end of time. Well, <laughs> I don't know why, and they're just like, "All right, bet." I guess they, the pitchers probably really love him. Mm-hmm. But Yaner Diaz is sitting. I don't think Yaner Diaz is going to keep hitting this well forever. But Yaner Diaz is sitting there like, "Brother, what do I have to do to get in the lineup?" <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, that is the state of the Mets catching. We they they are so devoid of catching. We're trying to figure out who to make catchers. That's I I legitimately th- I mean we've <laughs> talked about this. I'm derailing your outro here, Steve, as usual. But like That's we've it. talked about the idea of te- teams should take more risks. Teams should do crazier things. Not with your top level guys. Like, do not do this with Jet Williams or oh my God, Jet Williams catcher. <laughs> Holy shit. That would be interesting. Um. The smallest catcher. Well, no, that's like some 1910s ass catcher. Um, <laughs> but like, do more. When you have dudes that that are on that borderline, you should be doing more crazy shit. Like, yep. With player buy-in, of course, right? Don't force this on. Obviously, people. yeah. If the player is like, no, I don't want to do that, you can't force. Them. Right, right, right. I mean, this year we saw Quinn Brody and Manny Rodriguez switched from failed infielders to. Unfortunately, failed pitchers, but but least, I loved that. Like, yeah, yeah, at least would throw it on the wall and see if something sticks. Because you know, Ken, like you could get a Kenley Jansen, and mm-hmm. and the guy is a, like an all-time modern closer, you know, and that mm-hmm. dude was a catcher. And <laughs> to to put it that way, you could also convert catchers, reverse them if they really can't hit, because all of them could throw. Well, most mm-hmm. of them could throw. But yeah, be weirder. MLB teams. Mm-hmm. All right. If anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, <clears throat> you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Cyber. Lucas is at Elvlahost343. Ken is at Ken1191. Thomas is at SedMetSeason, SZN. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from rate and review and of course we thank you for listening and we are patreon based so if you do like our podcast or any of the other ones that are in the homer and apple network you can subscribe for the low price of just five dollars a month so we will be back next week and until then love the mets love the mets